right, Saturday morning. Uh, that means it's time for the Comic Syllabus um, podcast. I'm Paul, and uh, we read widely and, and, and dig deep in graphic novels and comics, thinking about them um, from perspective of people who are just engaged and love the um, wide breadth of stuff that is out there in this um, in this medium. And um, but also sometimes through specifically through the lens of the classroom. That's the syllabus. I am an English teacher. I'm Paul. I'm your host. Uh, multiversitycomics.com is where this podcast is hosted and also at comicsyllabus.substack.com and I've been um, really wanting to do this every week and you know uh, initially it was contingent on a threshold of of uh, paid supporters at the Substack but you know I, I just um, I'm gonna just do it I'm just gonna try to do this every week um, we'll we'll see about having it every week at Multiversity if the good folks at, at uh, Multiversity really want it to be a weekly thing. Um, I, I think I'm going to keep going with it, uh, with the podcast being a every other week sort of, you know, well-planned or interview show, and then on the alternating weeks, a more kind of off-the-cuff um, uh, chat like today, which is what <laughs> which is what I have room for, a time for in my life, and so hope that that's cool with y'all. I figure that on um, episodes like this, I can just run off some of the things that I have been reading, uh, thinking about, maybe culture that I've been consuming, and some stray thoughts about um, about those things. And uh, and I hope that um, you know it, it becomes a place where some of those segments that I've long thought about in terms of talking about and covering the uh, the comics on Substack or looking at just weekly new comic book day comics that I'm reading or, um, uh, you know, off the, off the comic shelf, uh, comics rack, my pull list. Um, or uh, again, continuing to kind of keep an eye on comics and graphic novels that are out there for young readers or maybe for, um, powerful for classroom use at uh, different, different, um, different levels of education. Thank you so much for joining. And uh, like I said, if you can support um, the podcast through um, becoming a newsletter subscriber at comicsyllabus.substack.com, um, whether supporting just by being a regular listener or reader and uh, or, or being a paid supporter, it would just mean the world to me. All right. So this week has been um, one of more, a little bit more reading. I've been working uh, a little bit less <laughs> it's funny to say that i attended a conference I, I i participated in a ton of um curriculum development and planning meetings and yet it feels like less <laughs> because it's summertime you know and uh for teachers when you're not um 150 <laughs> percent mentally and physically and emotionally engaged in the actual um you know contact with students work of teaching it's always it always feels like this like entirely different world where you get back in touch with you know um exercise i've been exercising that's a miracle <laughs> so stuff like that um and and really good time with family as well i've been slipping in there um and meanwhile though we've been reading we have been reading um i, I i've been reading and my my um, partner and my our daughter has also been um, deep with the, our heads in, in the books. So we have lots of things. I have lots of things to, um, to talk about. And um, so, you know, I think we'll gradually get to an organization. And, and one of the things I've been working on this summer is really shoring up my organization tools to really kind of keep track. Because, you know, you read when you're um, sharp and you read when you're not. You read when you're uh, energized and you read when you're tired. And so it's 
it's it can be hard to just like even remember oh man you know and all the in-betweens and all the the um right before i fell asleep so what did i actually uh, read and consume so i've been you know using a variety of uh you know the kind of tracker apps where you uh, like letterboxed for films or um tv time for tv shows um but i, I i've kind of it you know gotten attached to the league of comic book geeks league of comics geeks website and app uh every week they you know have uh, the ability to just add new comics that are out that week into your poll list and you know keep a record of your ratings and reviews and stuff like that and of course i've done spreadsheets and charts and lists before a million a million times in a million different places but having to look up the list of information and having to like oh wait, wait, wait who's the colorist on issue four is always a lot so it's kind of nice to have an app that puts that all together for me and um that's where i'm doing it so sometimes uh if this is not a uh, a way to ward away listeners you know just actually i think um i could have some a lot of really good energy just talking off of what i'm reading in um it, or you know reading off my list of what i read this last week from uh that i'm documenting in these these kind of tracking apps um on books by the way i i'm using something called libib um which is helpful because I have a huge classroom library that I want to be able to uh, to check books out to, to kids. Uh, in the past, I, I've always very liberally just bar lent, borrowed, uh, I mean, lent, let them borrow, frankly, gave away books on my shelf, which is really cool. I, I think I'll continue to do that. I'm certainly not going to be chasing kids down, but I, I realized that as I have more series on my shelves um, because kids are really into series of graphic novels or or whatever um, buying redundant copies is one way to go but for the pocketbook I think I could do a checkout system and anyway so that's the classroom thing um, so Libib is nice because you can kind of catalog your own reading and you can also um, check out books they just you know use a, a tablet or a phone to um, to scan the U UPC code uh wow <laughs> who cares <laughs> i don't know maybe some of y'all are interested maybe some of y'all are well i know some of y'all are are real librarians so uh, this is this is definitely amateur hour here we're talking so um but i actually i'm really inspired by my my library and the way that many libraries um i should say my libraries plural um we're just kind of a, a embarrassment of riches around the bay area here as far as library and library access um, and really the the kind of spirit of the li of libraries as I've seen them change policy to be more um, more inclusive, more about the the kind of you know common good um, being a truly public uh, good and service that allows um, folks in the community who may not have access to not feel the um, the high barriers to knowledge and information and and frankly culture and entertainment that um, that they that that libraries can have given off sometimes still do um, but just salute all of the the beautiful and amazing librarians who um sometimes have to put up with some 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 you know bureaucratic junk um, or some weirdness with with people and policies but it managed to um make libraries a truly uh you know gateway for accessibility for uh, for for all kinds of things it's pretty cool so yeah that's been one um blessing and boon is just starting to um 
take account, you know, because again, we just mindlessly consume so much stuff. Being able to start like taking account, like this is what I am uh, reading and experiencing. And then, you know, with all the digital tools that we have these days to be able to call it up and say, okay, let me just kind of, let me just, let, let me look at that. And there can be a collector version of that that's just very hyper, you know, kind of um, obsessively documenting uh, for no uh, real reason than for itself. And I think that that's what always made me not interested in the tedium of um, <laughs> of maintaining those kinds of lists because, uh, you know, in and of themselves, they, they, they really don't uh, mean much. But when it, it allows me to, at the tap of a few buttons, remind myself, here is what I was thinking about. Here is where my mind went during this week. Um, I was watching the show Severance. I was watching the show Slow Horses, both on um, Apple TV. I was watching, um, we're watching The Good Place with my daughter. And that's just, really, and, and so, you know, I spent, we, we spent hours there. And, uh, and, and, you know, just as I would spend hours with a friend or a family member and then with them um, and then reflect on that and, and really think about what it means to, to care for them. Um, not that I need to care for my shows or care for my books, but what it meant for me to, to spend that much time and, and mental energy encountering them. So, okay, pulling up on the League of Comic Geeks app that I've been using, what have I been reading and what have I thought about them? All right, here we go. Um, some new comics on shelves that I've been reading. Um, so regularly on my poll, and I can sort of give my sense about them right now, uh, you know, quick shot of them. Um, of course, uh, you know, Saga, uh, since Saga came back, um, has been, you know, I've just been reading it. And I, at this point, I, I don't even, uh, I read Saga week to week. I mean, sorry, month to month when it comes out. And for it to have been back after this long two-year two hiatus or so, um, is just a, an a incredible reassurance um, because Saga was such so much the kind of like I don't know it's a it's a it's a watershed you know and so um, Brian K Vaughn and Fiona Staples are both you know outstanding and consistent creators but to to have that project to not die in um, midstream uh, is a is a statement and I think it's it's just great to be back with the characters and to have advanced with them. You know, I think it's so important and, and good that Hazel and company have taken this time jump in the story because um, we have all collectively taken a time jump. And so there's this, it, it just adds to the feeling that um, despite how um, surreal the world is, there there is a kind of parallel with reality. Um, and uh, Saga, not for kids. <laughs> The bigger Saga gets, and the more it kind of, you know, has this decade-long grounding in our culture, the the more I see that it has to actually get labeled, not for kids, because it can be easily mistaken. So, um, Firepower from Image is another book that I keep up with. Um, a new Mind, mind Management uh, from, from, from Matt Kent, but this time drawn by Daryl Falrymple. Did I just say Daryl Falrymple? I really did. <laughs> Feral Dalrymple. It receives my apologies. <laughs> uh, mind management is back, and I'm a big fan of that that uh, that series. Uh, I was a big fan, and, and I think that first issue of Mind Management um, colon bootleg number one with <laughs> art by Daryl Falrymple, <laughs> but Fer Feral Dalrymple and written by Matt Kent is is also good, 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 and on my list. Um, there's a few image series that have um 
and and non-image series that I've been following and keeping up with. Um, New Masters wrapping up. I think I mentioned that a number of months ago, and that stays on my pull list. And and uh, uh, Judy Ba's um, Monkey Meat wrapped up a little while ago. And at Boom, um, Al Ewing and Simone DeMeo's uh, We Only Find Them When They're Dead is coming to issue 12. Um, Ghost Cage by uh, Nick Jagata wrapped up, um, written by Caleb Gellner. Uh, yeah, I mean, Righteous Thirst for Vengeance is um, Rick, Rick Remender and Andre Lima Araujo's uh, series. I've been reading that. And, you know, one of these days I'm going to I'm going to carve out an episode to talk about having discovered Domestica. For all y'all who would just like dabble on the side or maybe are real hardcore or just want to find a starting point or even are just interested in how comics are taught, like in terms of comics making and stuff, um, creating and creative endeavors of all kinds. If you don't know about Domestica, that's with a K, it's really a in- interesting platform. It's kind of like Masterclass, but it tends to lean toward like artsy, crafty, designy, you know, photography, that kind of stuff. And I first discovered it because as I was poking around about certain artists, um, I found uh, that they, you know, part of their CV is that they have, they have, they may have a class on uh, on Domestica, um, and so um, it's a place where you know often you know 60, 70 bucks, but discounted usually. <laughs> um, they're like constantly running sales, so that it's somewhere in the range of you know ten to twenty dollars. You can buy a, about five hours of of, of coursework on on a video. Um, I've been doing one uh, for learning sake and also just for my own creative ambitions. Um, that's by Fred Van Lenty. And so he's, of course, done a whole bunch of history of comics, comics, and uh, and also done, you know, how to make comics like a pro or something like that book that um, that uh, that's for aspiring creators or people curious and interested like me. The course is a lot like that in terms of visual storytelling. So I've been doing a Fred Van Lenty course on Domestica. But <laughs> what led me down this rabbit hole is uh, was talking about Righteous Thirst for Vengeance. It's been kind of fun. Uh, uh, Andre Lima Araujo, who's a pretty cool, um, uh, pretty cool artist, ha- has a class on Domestica. Um, like many of the classes there, it's not, uh, you know, oh, no, hmm. let me take that back. I was going to say many of the classes are not in English, um, but they're subtitled. Um, but uh, is Araujo's class in English? I can't even remember. It may be in Spanish and subtitled. Uh, so, but or maybe it's in English. I'm not really sure. Uh, or or Portuguese. <laughs> um, anyway, Righteous Thirst for Vengeance is an interesting experiment in storytelling for Remender because I think there's just a lot more reliance on unspoken um, scenes and set pieces. So um, that's a fascinating book. Um, someday I'll talk about those domestic courses and all the stuff I'm learning from them. I'm sure it'll slip in here in the conversation too. Um, so yeah, I mean, those are the things I'm also reading, of course, comics on Substack and I'll get to those at some point, but also I'm reading, um, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, the stuff that Scott Snyder's putting out in Comicsology, just because it's hard, even though I, I feel those frustrations with Amazon and com- Comicsology, Um, but it's really hard to, to resist <laughs> the, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I've always, yeah, I'm always lukewarm on Scott Snyder, which I think is a good place to be because, because um, with how much output uh, that that man puts into the world, it's. Um, I think I feel like if I'm if I come with super high expectations, then I'll get disappointed. Instead, if I just kind of come expecting that from this really prolific and creative mind, like different things come out and some will hit and some won't. For me, um, 
then I'm pleasantly surprised. And so, you know, he, he's got three books with um, Tula Lote, who's just, again, a phenomenal artist. If you know, you know. Um, Barnstormers coming out on, uh, you know, Comixology. And if you're an Amazon, I think if you're an Amazon Prime reading or a Comixology Unlimited reader, that's free and available. Um, and then there's one that um, uh, with uh, with uh, Jamal Eigel that's... Um, it's it's called Dudley Datsun, maybe. Um, that's more for kids, and it's kind of about like science uh, and and uh, and it's fun. Yeah, I like that one. Um, there's a third one that is with. Um, the, oh, here we go. Let me sorry, let me go back. Dudley Datsun and the Forever Machine, uh, which is by Scott Snyder and Jamal Eigel, like I said, and then um, the third Comicsology Unlimited title from. Um, from Scott Snyder is um, partnered with. Uh, you can t- can you tell him stalling to s- <laughs> to search it out, <laughs> um, but um, the recent um, uh, it's a uh, it's with Dan Panosian, uh and it's called Canary, which I haven't read yet. Um, something about a Lovecraftian Wild West story. I think that'll be fun. I really like Dan Panosian's art. Yeah, so those are the. Um, I mean, those are some of the books that I've been. Um, checking out that are more from uh independent uh non-big two sources um sure i'm leaving out a ton of stuff um over in dc marvel uh you know it's always been my comics reading habit that whatever is like huge and can't miss i'll tend to tend to you know try to try to at least dabble in that but it's always the i'm always looking for the off the beaten track track book (laughs) you know like if something is like popular or semi-popular i'm always like eh. um except for the the core things the mainstays i feel like so so if you look at my poll list it's always like the thing that's selling the most at the company and then the thing that's selling the least at the company so i've been reading batman and i've been reading daredevil and i've been reading the amazing spider-man and i've been reading action comics and those are you know fairly uh standard and um and and um, you know, a, a big exciting thing is Chip Zdarsky relaunching at Daredevil and then starting as writer at Batman, and both I think were were um, were good starts. Um, I like Chip Zdarsky's writing. I hate to admit, um, but I also have been, of course, reading Gene Wen Yang's work at DC with Monkey Prince and at Marvel with Shang Chi and the Ten Rings. Um, I like, I really like the Shang Chi uh, and the Ten Rings for. Um, for you know yang to be a, such a, a kind of great team player as far as I'm, I'm not sure whether it was on his initiative or dc editorials to um sorry marvel editorials for shang chi and the ten rings to start becoming um the movie basically um but i think you know yang started writing um shang chi and uh, with artists like dk ron and philip tan and, and now marcus toe um, before the movie came out, partly to you know get ready for and, and build on the hype of the movie, and then when Shang Chi uh, was successful as a movie, I, I I have to think that you know part of the rationale there is like this is the best Shang Chi <laughs> that 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 we've had. <laughs> um, you know, like Captain America will always be able to go back to the well of like some good Captain America comics somewhere or another. Um, and s- same likewise with you know whatever Iron Man or Ant Man or whatever Spider Man certainly um, 
stories that have yet to be told. But I don't know how many of the comics Shang-Chi stories need to be told. And so to take your cues, not from, you know, the, whatever decades of problematic Shang-Chi comics of the past, but to really take your cues from the successful movie now, why not? Um, but but to weave that together with, you know, um, a, a, an ongoing story and, and, and really narrative world that um, Yang had been writing and then to um, pull it off with this first issue of Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, I thought it was just heartfelt, exciting, full of um, revelations, um, ridiculously well-drawn. I, I love Marcus Toe as a as an artist. Um, so I, this last week, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, number one, came out. I uh, I loved it. I adored it. Um, another book um, from Marvel that I have been adoring is She-Hulk. And um, listeners of the podcast know that Rainbow Rowell, who is a YA writer who um, wrote the last run of Runaways, um, was a runaway success as a comics writer. Phenomenal. And really just, you know, it, the fact of being a, a novelist and then coming over to comics is, for me, you know, nine times out of ten an asset, even if a lot of sort of the wide comics reading public isn't um, a huge fan of it. I always just find something really really good about certain writers who, who who bring sort of their talents from from being um prose writers fiction writers so rainbow rowell as sort of her gifts for characterization and character interaction and, and and dynamics um and exploring that with characters from uh the marvel universe and you know in the case of runaways characters who had been through the ringer and having them kind of reconnect after the fallout of past um maybe sometimes woefully uh um conceived uh pasts as as comic book characters um you know she she does so much to stitch together stitch back together redeem resurrect um and fill with humanity the um these characters and and you can see a similar kind of reclamation project happening with she-hulk but with she-hulk herself with the whole notion of a um, a woman, uh, you know, empowered as as she is, um, and then the fact of being lawyer, the the kind of sometimes really enjoyable and humane, but sometimes you know <laughs> exploitative and even tawdry ways that past um, mostly men writers have um, have you know written She-Hulk in the past, and I, I've I've been a fan of those runs. Um, sometimes they don't age super well, but you know. Um, I, I did collect and, and did enjoy reading the old John Byrne and Dan Slott and um, Charles Soule runs of She-Hulk and, you know, the different strengths in, in each of them. But Rainbow Rowell really kind of puts it together, the the good stuff, um, so well and also brings back and, and is in the process, you can tell, of making a more complex story of Jack of Hearts, <laughs> which if you read the... Um, Kurt Music Avenger, Avengers run that you know played a prominent part, and then in, in later in Avengers disassembled. But otherwise, you could have no idea, uh, even after you know a long time being a long time Marvel fan <laughs> about this character Jack of Hearts, but um, plays a big role in She Hulk. So issue five just came out on July twentieth, and um, the art uh, by Luca Maresca um, in issue five, and um, by Roger Antonio in past issues is also phenomenal. I, I like this book a lot. Um, I think it's one of the best things out there right now, and that's my opinion. Um, <laughs> I'm also reading this uh, Avengers X-Men um, uh, Eternals Judgment Day um, 
uh, miniseries. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm kind of hot and cold on, on Kieran Gillen. Um, I think that the the uh, X-Men Red and the Immortal X-Men books are really good right now. By the way, if you don't listen to the um, Make Mine Multiversity podcast, our Marvel podcast and the Multiversity Comics of Network, I just like those folks. And I like the way that they are just so interested and passionate, even if their takes and opinions aren't the same as mine. I just love that they... The way they they talk, so, so you know, hang out with those folks over there. I like I like them, um, but anyway, um, yeah, so so about about um, about <laughs> Judgment Day um, so far, but we'll see. Uh, I, I definitely am out on Dark Crisis over at DC. I don't know what's going on, and I've struggled with all the Crisis events. Um, I know that some of them are better and some of them are worse none of them have really kind of grabbed me um maybe accepting if you count this multiversity by uh, grant morrison and company um but so yeah i mean that's some of the stuff i'm reading it's a lot more to say i could talk about swamp thing and how that is going for me and and how much i enjoy ram v's writing and and um you know i could talk about uh, action comics and how intrigued I am still by uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson and um, several epic sort of you know fantasy cover novelist uh, fantasy novel cover painterly artists who are bringing uh, Federici and, and folks like that who are bringing this really epic tone to this war world story that I think is really interesting but um, I'll save that for another day those are some of the I don't know, pull list comics that I'm reading. And, um, and you know, along with that, I've been um, continuing to read various graphic novels and, and um, you know, uh, collections and things like that. And so maybe I can run through some of those things that I've been, um, that I've been reading. One that I overlooked when it first came out, and I, we were at a bookstore in, uh, on, a, on a short vacation we took, and uh, that's what we do. Our vacations are basically go to another town, hopefully with next to some water of some kind, so we can sit next to the water and read, and then find a good bookstore. <laughs> that's like that's a vacation for us. Um, but it's a it's a pair of graphic novels that I, that is a series um, that is um, called Lightfall, and it's by a creator named Tim Pro- Probert Probert. Um, and what drew my eye to it was totally the art. It's, um, it's a sort of middle grade, you know, uh, YA graphic novel series. Um, the second book called Lightfall Shadow of the Bird came out this year. And the first book came out in 2020 called, um, Lightfall, the Girl and the Galdurian. And I haven't read it. My daughter has, um, what I've, but I've spent an inordinate amount of time just staring at, the pages um, because the art is beautiful and my daughter confirms that the story is pretty compelling sort of read it in one sitting as well too i keep saving that um to read even though i read sort of you know i I shouldn't say lesser things and reading a lot of really important interesting things but i just keep waiting for the right mood and the right day and the right sort of like you know um midday uh uh you know boredom <laughs> maybe that will never come to um to just read lightfall but check that out with me and, and and let me know what y'all think um if you are a reader of um of graphic novels and and interested in kind of fantasy worlds um that may be for all 
all ages or a wide range of ages. Um, Lightfall is just beautiful. In fact, just Google it now and look at some of the um, interiors and the artwork. Um, yeah, I had not known about or heard about Tim Probert, Probert and I am eager to to um, see more of this series and to dive into that one. Um, I shouldn't say, I, I sh you know, how eager are you if you haven't actually read it? Uh, it's been sitting on your bookshelf. Um, but I guess uh, when you save it for a special day, you know what I mean. You know what that's like, right? Um, I've also, um, hmm, other things that I've been reading. Um, there's a forthcoming book that uh, I've been reading for a forthcoming interview. Um, don't want to sort of announce that prematurely until it's in the can. Um, but um, I've been really enjoying that. Can't wait to talk about it and stay tuned on the comic syllabus to, to listen to that. Um, I have failed to mention, uh, uh, you know, um, Batman Superman World's Finest, which I caught up on. That's, a, of course, Mark Wade uh, returning to DC to write Batman and Superman. And that's a, that's a really fun series going on now. And Fifth Issue just came out. That's um, from Mark Wade and Dan Mora, two of my favorites. Did I say that already? <laughs> um, I have been, uh, I started Himawari House, um, which is a book that I um, have by Harmony Becker um, from First Second that I've just heard so much about and been really excited to read and finally got my hands on a copy. It came out in 2021 um, about some foreign exchange students in, um, in Japan uh, and and just kind of um, relationships and and cramming and, uh, you know, um, uh, finding themselves and stuff like that. So that uh, that book by Harmony Becker, a lot of folks talked about it last year as just a beautiful um, and, 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 you know, engaging book. Um, I've also been reading Our Colors, um, which is by Gengoro Tagame. It is the uh, kind of the next book um, from the creator of My Brother's Husband. And, um, and our colors is, um, you know, like a work of manga from the, this, the, the creator that, um, is, is kind of a, you know, my brother's husband was a, was a huge hit, um, won an Eisner award and our color, our colors is about this, uh, young painter who, um, is really kind of experiencing the world, um, through, um, their art and kind of, uh, uh, the, the kind of presence of, of colors. And so there's an interesting, um, uh, combination of the perception and sort of self discovery of this main character and what's done through, um, you know, the presence of some colors in, in black and white manga comics. And, uh, of course, a lot of it about, you know, um, coming to terms with yourself and identity, um, as a young gay man and, and, uh, all that stuff. Um, so, think our colors is a book that i may talk about in a future episode or a future future review here on the podcast um and i'm also i'm sure i'm leaving out so many things <laughs> of other things that i'm reading i'm finally reading cyclopedia exotica uh, i think i mentioned that on episode of the podcast um fan graphics book from last year that i i kind of missed um yeah those are on the the reading table and um i i've also been uh you know continually keeping up trying to keep up with um substack comics and i think you know i th i think what i want to do next episode is 
is because we're nearing a year now that um, since the, all the Substack comics launched. And of course, we had a little bit of a mid-year burst around January too, when folks like, like Brian K. Vaughn and um, uh, uh, Tom King and uh, um, Elsa Charretier's um, and and you know uh, Rodney Barnes and a bunch of different folks also joined in the Substack Comics um, project line, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so I, I'd, I'd love to just talk about how they're doing and, and, and maybe give, you know, a couple of tiers. And as far as, you know, these are the ones that have been really outstanding to me and that I'm hooked on. And I will definitely stay aboard with, um, three worlds, three moons for sure. will will live there for me. Tales from the farm from Jeff Lemire will live there for me. Um, uh, Molly, Molly Knox, Oster tags will definitely live there for me. Chip Zdarsky's as well. Um, and then others where I, I, I have to really c- consider, you know, um, not that I don't want to support the work, um, but that, you know, um, what, what's the kind of return, ha- what has the return been so far um, in terms of investing and and what have we been seeing from, from these different um, substacks. So maybe I'll do like a substack report card next week um, or next next week rather. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, terms of other media that I've been interested in and engaging in, I think, uh, I mentioned some stuff that I was watching, but I also, speaking of Rodney Barnes, who's Substack Dark Apocrypha, you might want to check out, um, and who's been just all over the place in cool comics, Philadelphia and that line of stuff and the Nita Haas, um, and, uh, you know, big two stuff. Anyway, um, Rodney Barnes, also a writer, uh, and maybe more on the show Winning Time. And when the show came, first came out on HBO, it's a show about the sh- Showtime Lakers, um, kind of chronicling fictionalized uh, version of the Showtime Lakers. I, I say that because you know, of course, it it's um, intended to be uh, a a uh, creative license <laughs> history of uh, of of that era but uh the presentation of for instance um jerry west was definitely not um not well received by jerry west (laughs) it's not flattering toward jerry west but um but for me as a you know we we we, um what we lived around and my, my folks went to michigan state when we first moved to the u.s so i magic johnson is the first athlete i was a fan of um this was right after he uh was drafted by the lakers and so he had just left michigan state when we were there and uh i was a i was a fan of therefore i was a fan just like everybody else was of the showtime lakers despite being a michigander in those early years um and funny enough the uh the actor and athlete who's playing kareem on that show um solomon hughes i went to college with (laughs) and uh and so it's really fun to see see him playing Kareem uh Kareem was a fascinating and and, uh, amazing person uh maybe not in that show so much but um but it's a it's pretty compelling you know HBO kind of kind of TV so I've been watching Winning Time like I said uh I've, I've been watching The Good Place with our daughter um because she finished binging Parks and Rec over the summer when we had COVID and uh, where we started when we have COVID, had COVID. And so that's been kind of our summer It's these sh- shows by, uh, by Mike Schur, you know, who's the, the showrunner, one of the showrunners um, for those shows. And Sh- Mike Schur also came out with a book last year called How to Be Perfect. Um, that was really kind of about the, 
the you know um, dabblings and deep dives into moral philosophy, ethical philosophy that um, that he engaged in largely for the show for the Good Place. Um, so if you if you've never seen the Good Place, if you haven't, um, yeah, that's just a great show. Um, I watched Sea Beast on Netflix with my daughter uh, and and my partner and my wife and it's it's made me think a little bit about so it's good i mean it's uh i'd say it's like a you know b plus family entertainment kind of movie um really good quality really good quality um but it was interesting that uh, i mean my big thought from watching the sea beast is how um some people uh critics were talking about how it takes predictable turns um and it made me think about how the predictable turn that it takes um, to give a little bit away, but I think, you know, it's not uh, a perceptive viewer will, will not be surprised terribly much, but the uh, monarchy, the institutions, the um, powers that be the, the meta narrative of this sort of, you know, European colonizing kingdom is, uh, is, is corrupt. That's not surprise. That's not a surprise. That's the, the way that often stories are, but, I don't take it for granted that stories now take it for granted and stories for kids. I mean, this isn't V for Vendetta. This is just like kids fair. And rather than just kind of, um, you know, the touting patriotism, I mean, you know, Hollywood movies have not always not, not, uh, have always had a, a strong subversive element. That's just art. But I think the way that it is, um, actually a very normal part of kids kids entertainment today is 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 fascinating to me um and not only that that but the ways that um it's taken for granted and then it gets kind of played with um i won't get into too much detail or depth about that but i just think that 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 was interesting to me about sea beast which is about a a couple of pirate like um ship mates who had to hunt after a sea beast so we saw that um and um yeah i i guess on a entirely different note i've been talking about let's see i mentioned domestica i mentioned um uh some some tv shows uh that i've been watching oh by the way if you haven't seen slow horses um or uh, uh station 11 or the show the bear on hulu uh those are some recommendations from me um i also have been just reading and reading more of a in a vein that i've already talked about on the podcast um that may be relevant or interesting to 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 comics fans well with two different directions i've been reading a lot of books about writing um some of it inspired by um george saunders who's a short story writer and novelist and essay writer and teacher um i, I think vanderbilt maybe I've, i forget where but um teaches writing and so um there's a george saunders book swim a swim in the pond in the rain and saunders also has a Substack where it's basically like a writing class and what's wonderful about it is that you are with this brilliant writer um you know saunders has written some of the most affecting things that i've read in the last five years and um and he's really kind of going through Chekhov and and you know like um you know Turgenev and all kinds of um largely Russian authors which I'm also fond of and lots of other um uh, uh you know pieces of, of of amazing writing and breaking it down with you from a writer's perspective and learning from 
you know, opening lines or subtle forms of characterization or shifts in perspective or whatever moments or, you know, how, how right, how stories become compelling. It's just really great. And so from a perspective of someone who thinks about creative and um, creative writing and storytelling, um, that's fantastic. Um, I also have been reading a few other books about writing. Um, I read more books about writing partly to be a writing teacher, but partly to nurse this continually um, delayed continually put off hope that one day i'll write and create something <laughs> there's always all these ideas that will never become anything um i also have been uh reading a little more carefully ministry for the future um and that's the uh, work of um cli climate science fiction by kim stanley robinson that was really one of the most important books of the last couple of years and you should definitely check that out but there's a, a more recent book um called how high we go in the dark uh just uh, from 2022 and that one is by um an author named sequoia nagamatsu that um is if you liked station 11 and and uh and you know think about things like like um our climate futures but from a very human perspective and and but human tied to the ecological and the environmental um i really want really recommend that book um how high we go in the dark. Um, Alexander Kleeman's Something New Under the Sun. Uh, I've been reading that. Yeah, some other stuff too. I guess I should stop there. <laughs> That's enough out of you, Paul. Um, some of my th thoughts and hopes for the podcast as well. I want to do this. Um, I want to do this, like I said, uh, at least once a week. Um, maybe some shorter episodes that are also video episodes because I, I want to dive deep into some of these comics. Um, and, and I think to do so with visuals would be helpful. I'm kind of thinking about, um, uh, you know, making something that's more like a seven minute or a five minute or a 12 minute kind of breakdown, um, of a certain comic or, you know, some theme that I see and how it plays out with the visuals and doing it in video format, um, on here on the Substack. Um, what do you think? Would you be interested in that? Um, it would be a lot of work, but it would be fun for me too, and maybe good supplemental fodder. I think what's been hard, and what I've like I've 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 wanted to, and if you search back in the archives of this Substack, um, you'll find that I, I I like writing and I want to write about comics on the Substack, and it's Substack, which is a platform for writers. Um, but in truth, I've planned and started like there's a drafts section of your Substack dashboard, and I have like. There's like 12 million things. There's 12 <laughs> um, uh, drafts of things where I've put it. There's like paragraphs and paragraphs and just getting it to a final enough shape that I'm satisfied putting it out. I just really struggle with that on one hand. And on the other, actually, I know how to do that. But um, honestly, with the life of teaching and you know family and trying to live healthy and balanced and, and survive in this world and, and try to do some good, um, it's hard to... F it's I have less time to write than I would wish and hope. And the time that I do have to write, I feel like my conscience um, tells me that some of the things that I need to do as a teacher and as a, you know, just as a mentor and as a citizen, it just becomes really hard to justify blocking out the huge chunks of time for writing. Um, podcasting, on the other hand, <laughs> something like today, if it's a little bit off the cuff or a little bit of reading off of my app of <laughs> the things that I've been reading, that I've been tracking, um, feels a little bit more um, the right 
degree of, of preparation and work. Um, it means less written stuff on the Substack. I hope that that's something that y'all would be cool with. I know, you know, writing is this paradox where it takes so much longer on the writer's side and then it's so much faster, especially if you do it right, uh, for the internet <laughs> um, to consume on the other side. You know, we all scroll through a million uh, or I don't know if we all do articles and newsletters and, 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 you know, I, I come, I've come to learn what it is to craft a post to be readable and digestible and consumable. And for people to actually get to the end, uh, you know, seven things about, <laughs> you know, such and such, um, lots of bullet points and bold words and short paragraphs that are very skimmable and easy to consume. I, uh, takes some labor to write like that. And I don't know that I want to, um, I feel like that accomplishes in a visual form what I can do in, um, in a video or a podcast. Um, obviously I'm not saying that because I don't love writing. I clearly love writing, but I, I'm starting to recognize the, the gifts and affordances of certain media, uh, certain, um, genres, let them be consumed at what is the, their best for me to, to feel a fulfilled life. And, same in the production side. So, a uh, long way to say. Um, hope that this podcasting, for those of you who do listen, um, is good. Also, I, I also know that um, I had something in the range of like a thousand regular downloads in the old comic syllabus feed that's there on Apple and Spotify and Google. And then I switched over to Substack and I need to, you know, go into all those platforms and essentially swap out the SS RSS feed so that the Substack podcast goes over there and that, um, that feed, uh, and, but then figure out a way to retain or maybe just get rid of or archive or whatever, all the old episodes of this podcast, uh, or the, the, the other part. Anyway, there's some work to be done in that. Just know that I have spent, uh, lots of out of pocket money. I mean, like, hundreds uh, i'm embarrassed and guilty to admit maybe even thousands of dollars every year um putting this out and and then i totally just ditched the feed where i had a, a ton of regular downloads and so if you're one of the few people who listens and downloads from uh the substack feed right now just know that like for some reason uh, unmindfully i i left those and who knows how many of those you know thousand plus regular downloads were bots. <laughs> I left those behind to devote myself to this, the, the right now small but um, precious number of listeners who are here now. Um, so so for you, y'all, well, keep the faith and keep working at it. And I got to get this feed onto that feed and so on um, one of these days. All right. Uh, it's, uh, it, it keeps being crazy times. Um, hope that you all are well. Some of you friends who have uh, reached out after connected to in the past, I'm sorry if I haven't been in touch, but I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, you know who you are. Okay, take care.